going home. So maybe you should read the introduction of the family speaker of the hour, the minister of the hour. And you know, God has been busy in his life too. You know, it, 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 it reads in his bio, so we don't, it's, it's there and there's so much, we're not going to worry about reading it. You know, that's, that's, that's family, so you read it at your convenience. But it opened up and it said, Dr. Shaw. <laughs> And he knew I was going to put some emphasis behind that doctor. And you know we're proud of you. You know that, don't you? You know that, don't you? Good morning, family. I'm being obedient. Doris had to fuss at me this week. Because, uh, and I'm just telling truth, we family. She had to fuss at me this week, and I'm being obedient to Pastor Hamilton. I'm so grateful for him that, um, and forming a relationship with him, that even in his absence, he still thought of me enough to say, look, brother, I need you, and to uh, call on me and then endorse in her sergeant way. <laughs> Lieutenant, thank you. You've, Lieutenant Cooley, <laughs> in her way, I said, okay, I'll be there. And she said, sent me an email, and she said, where is your bio? I said, well, what do you mean, a bio? You don't need no bio. I'm country, and I preach, and I'm ball. That's what you get. And she said, no, sir. We're going to hold things in order. This is the way that we do it. And I'm like, now, I'm used to giving a bio for everything else, and you know, when I go out and I preach and speak in other locations, but I'm like, this home, what do you need a bio for? And um, I said, yes, ma'am, I'm going to be obedient. And so I sent it to her, and then she said, where's the photo? I'm like, look, you asking for too much right now. I'm just, I, I was obedient, and I sent her that. But I always say, I'm just me. I'm just me. I never go on uh, as a... As, uh, Deacon Archer said, he was like, I even know this stuff. I don't know. I like it. I don't just go out and tell it. <laughs> but I am grateful. I am grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be home. And um, it doesn't matter where I go or how long I go. This is still home. Doris, don't look at me like that. This is still home uh, for me. And I do want to say this. I take some time to say this because I got a lot of phone calls and text messages and I haven't had a chance to say this, I lost my father over the holidays, and I got many text messages and calls from you all, so I love you and thank you all. We greatly appreciate your prayers and, and um, your concern that y'all sent for us during that time. But this morning, I have been called to spread the message to you all, and I got to tell you, this message ain't just for y'all, this message is for me. And the message is for me because there are things that I have to recall and remember as I get older and go through things. And by the way, I don't like y'all. Let me tell you why I don't like y'all, because y'all still look young. I came here when I was 25. I'm 40 now, 15 years ago. Now, 15 years didn't pass, and I look it, and I come in here, and y'all look like 15 years ago, still just the same. So, but that means God has been good to you. 
and you look well, and you're doing well, and he's a faithful God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but this morning, and I hear you, Deacon Archer, I want to share a message from Deuteronomy. From Deuteronomy. And the way that I'm used to now in my church, if you're able to stand, please stand with me. Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter. Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter. Seventh chapter and starting at verse six. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. For you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people of earth, on earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his special treasure. The Lord did not set his heart on you or choose you because you were more numerous than the other nations, for you were the smallest of all the nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you. He was keeping an oath that he had sworn to your ancestors. That is why the Lord rescued you with such a strong hand from your slavery and from the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is God indeed. You may be seated. God is God, and we are who we are because of God. And there are times that we go through things and we remember God and who God is, and God's just amazing. Even when we don't feel like it and we have the strength to do things that we didn't know we could do, to go through things and experience things we didn't know we could handle. But God is God. Father God, right now I ask that you would just remove me out of the way. Remove whatever I'm feeling and whatever those who hear my voice may be feeling, God, and let us just concentrate on you and your word. Use me as you would have me to be, in spite of me, just to be your vessel, to worship and honor you through your word. Right now, we ask these things in your precious son, Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I need your prayers this morning. I was sharing with Brother Enos, I'm a bit tired and been running back and forth and from home and... The uh, job and stuff has changed a little bit at work, but God is God, Amen. and God is faithful. Amen. And without him, we wouldn't be able to do any of what we do. But in this book, I found encouragement in what Moses is saying, and this Deuteronomy is one of the five major books that we have from Moses that we call the Pentateuch, just meaning the first five books. And in this book of the Jewish law, 
This one is special. They all are special in their different way, but this one is special because it gives us an inclination of who God is in his forgiveness and in his character. And just by the name of the book alone, and I didn't realize this until I started studying, just by the name of the book alone, it paints out the forgiveness and the character of who God is in do it to run me. You see, do it means to. And when you go into it and I look at the Hebrew word and the meaning behind the Hebrew word for do it is naim. It's the same word in the number two or twice or second. And in the Hebrew language, it's the same prefix that follows the word 12 and I'm sorry, in front of the word 12 and 20 and one score and even three score starts off with two. Theologian John Barton says it this way, and he looks in the book of Deuteronomy, and he said it can be translated when you take it over to the Greek and the root word of duet, meaning two, that most theologians attribute the book of Deuteronomy to the two or the second law. Now, we know that there's only one law of God, one law that Jesus has given, I'm sorry, that God, Yahweh the Father, has given us, but he says this is the second law. Why is it the second law? It's because we're reminded that in the book of Exodus, God gives law, uh, law to Moses on the original tablets. But then, as they go through their cycle, Moses becomes frustrated with the people, and he gets angry, and everybody knows if you read the Bible, what did he do? He takes the two tablets, and he smashes them down and said, the law ain't even for the people. They won't even follow it. But there was a second chance. You see, the book of Deuteronomy takes what we already have in the book of Exodus, but says, let's turn it around to a second chance. So the book by itself brings the title and our remembrance of the law of God, and it gives us an inclination of who Yahweh is because once again, he gives us a second chance. So I like the book of Deuteronomy in the sense that it gives us a new perspective, new energy, and rejuvenation to the people of Israel as they're preparing to walk into the promise of God. There's something significant about it because in this time, it's not just the law, but he comes and he says, I've got to give you a new perspective of the law because I'm about to take you, and this is not just prosperity, it's just truth, I'm about to take you into a promise. So before I move you into the promise, let me remind you of what I told you before and who you are. Because if I don't, you won't know how to handle the promise that I'm about to bless you with. So Deuteronomy takes Exodus and says, here's your new perspective. Now, let me prep you before you walk into. So it's powerful in that way that God approaches us and he gives this word to Moses. And you might say that this particular chapter of Deuteronomy was a faith reconnection and a call to remember who God is. In chapter 6, Moses reminds them 
of all of God's glory and his miraculous signs and wonder. How do we know that in chapter 6, he reminds them, this is the same God of the ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same God who brought them out of Egypt and delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh, the same God who, when they didn't have food to eat, sent manna from heaven, the same God that says, even though I told you this before, this is the second time around in your chance to remember the same God. So he's given us something rich. Something new and something to remember who God is. Theologians go back and they say this is something else about the book of Deuteronomy. It's written a little bit different than the book of Exodus in this way. In Exodus, Moses lays out who we are, who we serve, and what we are to do for the one that we serve. But in Deuteronomy, he takes it and he gives us a series of speeches, still applying the same things, those same three principles, but he gives us a series of speeches to motivate us and encourage us this time around by reminding us of our slavery and where we came from, reminding us of the deliverance from those hardships, reminding them of the law and encourage them to use it this time, reminding them of who they were as God's chosen people, near and dear to his heart, and cautioning them, and then calling them to worship. He goes through these series of speeches, and as we read through Deuteronomy, we keep seeing a pattern, pattern after pattern after pattern, and repeating and repeating and repeating. Why, why does he continue to do this? I think because this is a great turning point in their lives that after 40 years of the same repetitive behaviors, constant ups and downs, frustration, wavering in faith, seemingly never-ending cycle, that they were going nowhere, but he said, I'm about to take you to your promise. The human cycle to bring it home to us is full of ups and downs and pains and emotions, the goods, the bads, the uglies, the not-so-wanted, the, the rejected, the disjected, the highs and the lows. But God says, I'm giving you yet another time around. Another time around in our own human cycle that we begin to understand these things. And I like what Moses does here. He says, okay, I'm going to take it a different approach this time in the book of Deuteronomy. The old approach, it was good. It was there. It's the word of God. But I want to try something a little bit different. You see, we like to go through cycles in our own lives where we seem to repeat the same things over and over and over again. Sometimes it is self-inflicted and sometimes it's the world inflicted, but we go crazy over and over again. And you're like, Lord, I'm in this rut once again. I saw you, you came, you brought me out of the last time, but it seems like I'm right here yet again, over and over and over and over again. And I'm tired and I'm I'm crazy. Lord, what will you do? And Moses comes along. And he says, 
do this for me. Because I've got to meet you where you are, O Israel. So I'm going to try something a little bit different. For those who are in, in, in education, we got this thing that we call differentiated instruction. All that simply means is if you don't learn one way, I got to try a new way. So when one method didn't work, I've got to go to another method just to meet you where you are in a way that you can understand. So Moses forms a pattern in his series of speeches here. And in his pattern, he does ask us to do three things. He says there is a, a way of remembrance, reflection, and repetition. In his speeches, he goes through remembrance, reflection, and repetition. What are you telling us, Moses, here? Moses said, and let me put it in layman's terms, you're about to go into your promise. And the way that I want you to handle that before you go in is there are some precepts that you have to know. And I'm going to give you a little bit of self-help with it. Remember, reflect, and repeat. Tell yourself again. Remember, reflect, and repeat. Remember, reflect, and repeat. And he goes through this through the entire book of Deuteronomy of this remember, reflect, and repeat. John C. Maxwell and Tony Robbins ain't got nothing on Moses. They're good. They throw out some of these good concepts that help us understand where we should be, and they give us our seven habits and our awesome behaviors and our steps to improvement and all of these good things, and they give us our self-help. But Moses says there's a time and place that comes along where you need God's help. So there's a difference between the self-help and the God's help. Because sometimes there are things that are just too great for self-help that requires God's help. So Moses lays out these three steps. Remember reflect and repeat. Remember, reflect and repeat. And I love it because in this cycle, the last step always becomes the first step. Somebody didn't catch that. The last step always becomes the first step because life doesn't end. So there's always a need to remember, reflect, and repeat. And if you repeat, you remember and reflect because you repeat it that you remember and you reflect it because you repeat it because I remember the last time that I did this. But how do I do it differently? You see, the book of Deuteronomy says that Instead of taking this cycle over and over, and you, you know how we say it, when you repeat it over and over, it becomes a cycle of insanity. That's where we get insanity from. But when you do it different, you ask the questions, well, what happened the last time? What can I learn from it? And where am I supposed to go? Continuing a cycle in self-help leads to insanity. But continuing a cycle in God help leads to saturation and maturation and growth. That's the difference in the cycles that we go through and what we take away from the cycles. So where do we go? In chapter 7 here, Moses sets up the stage 
that causes us to remember and causes us to reflect. And he repeats it again by these things here. So in chapter 7, in verses 6 through 9, this is what I see. God asks us to remember in our greatness, with humility, with gratitude for his grace, and with reverence. In our greatness, remember him with humility, gratitude for his grace, and reverence. Where do I see that? Where do I see that? As I truck through this particular chapter and I look at verses 6 through 9, in our greatness, verse 6, how do we know that we're great? For you are a holy people who belong to the Lord God. All of the people on earth, the Lord, your God, has chosen you to be his own special treasure. All of the people on earth, God could have chosen anyone, but he saw something in them. He saw something in you. He saw something in me. He called us his own. He thinks of us as his treasure. That's a powerful statement right there, that he thinks of us as his treasure. Lord, I don't understand. What do you mean I'm your treasure? That's a sign of love right there. You mean to tell me that you can make silver and gold. You made mountains, rivers, and trees. The fullness of the earth is yours and everything that is in, but yet out of everything, I am your treasure? That's a good God. That out of everything that God could create, everything, make everything, mold everything, rivers and trees and silver and gold, all of the things that we think are treasure, he said, no, you. That ought to encourage somebody right there. You, you ought to point to yourself and say, me, I'm his treasure. Verse 7, with humility, the Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you were more numerous than the other nations, for you were the smallest of all nations. God said, I'm going to build you up and tell you about who you are as a treasure. I don't want you to forget, but don't get too haughty. Let's bring you back down a notch and, 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 and let you understand in all of your greatness, don't fail to remember that it's not because you were so big and powerful. It's not because you know so much. It's not because of what you have, because compared to what I can make, you are nothing. But it's because of my heart and my love for you that I decided that you were my treasure. He goes on a little bit further over in verse 8, and he says it this way, Rather, it was simply the Lord loves you. And he was keeping his oath. He's a promise keeper. 
It may not feel like it when you're in the midst of these cycles because for 40 years they had gone through over and over and over again. But my God is a promise keeper. It says it right here in verse 8. He was keeping his oath that even he had sworn to your ancestors. That is why the Lord rescued you with a strong hand from slavery and from the oppressive hand of Pharaoh. He holds you dear. God loves us. Therefore, he extends his grace to us to keep his promises. Don't you remember the strong hand of Pharaoh? Don't you remember when you kept getting in trouble and I delivered you? Don't you remember when there was no food on the table and I gave you Manna, don't you remember when you couldn't wait on me and you worshiped everything but me, yet I still answered when you called on me? Don't you remember verse 9? I am God. God said, if you get lost, Moses told them, remember reflect and repeat and that we have to do we have to play those songs and words in our mind and remember and reflect and repeat y'all know sometimes when we're trying to remember things or speech or music and you're trying to, okay, I, I, I don't know what's happening, but I can't remember it. I can't remember it. And, and what do we start to do? And, and I'm going to take it all the way back. We start hitting the tape, the rewind button. <laughs> or on the CD, you hit the backtrack button. Or you take a song nowadays and you just set it on repeat. And, and, the, and you do that because you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to learn <laughs> the words. You're trying to learn the words. Notice that first L word, you're trying to learn. So you start repeating it over and over again because you're like, I, I, I've got to learn this. And you just keep on here. You, you get the words mixed up and you... You, you repeat it and try again, and you get the words mixed up, and you repeat it, and you try again, and you get the words mixed up, and you repeat it, and you try again. But after doing that so long, something starts to feel good about the song, and you realize, oh, I'm starting to learn this and, and, and it feels good to me. And I love the way that David says, and then why does it feel good to me? Because I learned a new song. So if I start to remember, reflect, and repeat, then sooner or later, out of my cycle, I'm going to get a new song. As I walk over into my promise, this is a powerful God help. It's beyond our self-help. And I like it because this was a pattern that we see throughout the Bible. It didn't just stop in the book of 
Deuteronomy, but we see it again and again and again and again. Y'all know there was a reason for Jesus Christ to come, and even after he died, again and again and again. We still keep repeating this cycle, and each time we have to get a new song until we get home. So we keep seeing this over and over again. Let me give you two examples where I see it over and over again. Jeremiah uses this same God help again in the book of Lamentations 3 and 21 in yet another cycle for the Israelites where they're frustrated, frightened, and mourning and in despair. And he goes to the tape deck and he hits the rewind button and he says, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope, though the Lord's mercies are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord's is my portion. This is my soul. Therefore, I will have hope in him. He hits the button and he reflects, remembers, and repeats once again. It doesn't just end there. Even after Jesus comes and we need Jesus. Lord knows we did because in that cycle, I just kept doing some of the same things over and over again. And Moses, I heard you and I tried to do what you told me to do, but I'm just like the people of Israel. I didn't get it in Exodus. I still didn't get it in Deuteronomy. Clearly, I didn't get it over in Lamentations. And then Jesus came. He saved me. I'm saved, Lord. I raised my hand, Lord. And I still don't get it. And Jesus said, well, if you don't, as often as you do this, remember. So I have to go back and remember who God is and who he sent for me. And I have to do this, remember, reflect, and repeat when I'm tired. Remember, reflect, and repeat when I'm tempted Remember, reflect, and repeat when I'm discouraged. Remember, reflect, and repeat when I'm lost. Remember, reflect, and repeat when all else fails. Remember, reflect, and repeat. Understand, therefore, that the Lord our God is God. And if we lose that, remember reflect and repeat. I'm done. Y'all know I don't preach long. And I want us to remember that and reflect on it. I'm preaching to myself and repeat. Remember, reflect and repeat. God is an awesome God. God is an amazing God. Thank you, God, for a duet, Deuteronomy. Thank you for a third, Deuteronomy, a fourth, Deuteronomy, a fifth, Deuteronomy. And I think that it says it's something like this in the New Testament over as many times as you can remember, 70 times 70. That three score because there's that two, oh, that duet, Deuteronomy. Sometimes it's a third, fourth, fiftieth, sixtieth. Thank you, God, for the ability to remember reflect, and even when we repeat, you love us. If 
Hallelujah. You can recall to your mind. Sometimes it ain't even got to go bit far back. It could just be yesterday when you said something the wrong way. And we remember who God is. We reflect on who God is. And as often as we remember him, we might have to hit the repeat. If there is anyone here and you feel like you're too far, you're not. We have a full book of history with a series of remembering, reflection, and repeating. And those of us, when we're real with ourselves, we do that now. So if you're questioning in your mind if you're too far, no. Repeat. You get a do-over. Again. It's not a license to sin, let me be clear. But it's a reflection of God's grace. So if you want to be a part of that grace to experience, I invite you to come. If you just need a moment of, of reflection where, Lord, I, I, I don't necessarily, I, I believe you and I trust you, and I don't necessarily want to rededicate or join, but I just need to reflect, and you need prayer, we still invite you to come. If you're coming for salvation and rededication, I ask that you come over to the right. And if you just need prayer, over to my left. I think I got that right. But we invite you to come. Just take a moment to reflect it on God. Go down memory's lane and remember who God is. Where he's brought you from. And even if you're uncertain, history is a history for a reason because it has happened. So there is evidence and proof of the faithfulness of God that if you cannot see it, it will still happen because you saw it in the past. So I invite you to come. Father God, right now, Lord, we pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord. That your Holy Spirit would resonate and reign on each and every one of us, God. Lord, we thank you for another chance. We thank you that in the midst of us being us, that we can still call on you and you answer. Lord, we thank you, hallelujah, for a new song that somebody's promised that they're about to walk into, God. We thank you for saving We thank you for those who will come and even those who don't come, that they'll be encouraged at some point in time just to remember and reflect on you and say, dear God, you are God. We love you. 
we worship you. We adore you. In Jesus' name, amen.